Hello, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 23. My name is Mark Champlin, and today, as always, I'm joined by Alex Wallace. What's up, girls and gays? How's everyone doing this week? I, uh, you know, you know, Mark, we really thought... We were we were on this shit, right? You know, we watched it. For those of you who are just tuning in, we watched the Angry Birds movie last week, and it was a goddamn nightmare. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should, because it was painful to record, and that people should listen to it so that it feels like it was worth something. And we were like, hey, you know, how about how about you know to take our mind off things, take take our mind off of the 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 horrors of the the world and the horrors of the Angry Birds movie. You know, let's let's go back and let's watch a movie that we both really like. Yeah, how did that how did that turn out? This is like this is like there. So this Ari- hurt, man. So Ariana Grande tweeted a little like earlier and said, "Remember when I put out that song last year? No tears left to cry. Ha <laughs> ha, bitch, you thought because because she went on to have like the worst year that possibly any pop star has ever had. Anyway, we thought we, thought. <laughs> we were going into a, a nice." You know, happy throwback to our uh, childhood. Turns out that um, childhood is not, a strong word, but yeah, uh, yeah, to our, our teenage adolescence. Sure. Turns out to high school, not, for sure, man. Yeah, these nine years have not been kind to uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's a segue. We're <laughs> watching Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's a 2010 movie, so yeah, nine years. Um, based on the series of graphic novels by Brian Lee O'Malley, and the movie is directed by uh, Edgar Wright, um, kind of a favorite for both of us, yeah, uh, despite all this. <laughs> yeah. um, it stars Michael Sarah and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and and written in the notes verbatim, fucking every hipster comedy actor ever, Yeah, you got which your, is entirely true. <laughs> you got your fucking Aubrey Plaza, you got your fucking Chris Evans before anybody gave a shit who Chris Evans was, everybody, Anna Kendrick's there, everybody, everybody like, the, whole, the whole gang, <laughs> the whole 2010s hipster comedy gang shows up for this one um yeah so if if you i'm i'm gonna broadly assume for this episode that most people listening have probably seen this movie uh so we're gonna like we're gonna move through things pretty quickly because i think we have a lot to talk about here um straight up i i i don't like this movie i this used to be one of my favorite movies and i i think i actively dislike this movie now i think it i think it's i think this movie is toxic um, I think it's, uh, I think it has just really, like, disgusting attitudes towards, like, relationships, and I think that, like, the influence that this film has had on Young Med is, like, a wholly negative one, um, but if for some reason you have not seen this movie, I'm going to go through the plot real quick, so Scott Pilgrim, he's played by Michael Sarah. he's a real big piece of shit, he's basically like a manipulative, <laughs> you know, you know, he's like a manipulative soft boy type, uh, he dates a high school girl and then stalks another girl, and then he has to defeat the second girl's seven evil exes, um, and it's video games, that's the thing that, that's the reason that anybody gives a shit about this movie, is that, you know, it, all of the fights with the evil exes are done up in ridiculous over-the-top video game style battles where the characters are flying around and like points are coming off of stuff, you know, characters explode into coins and shit like that. And like, I, I want to just run through the visual stuff and the aesthetic aspects of this really quick. Uh, you should watch this movie cause it's incredible. Um, it looks fucking amazing. The, they, the way that they capture the like video game stuff, the way that they like, you know, all of the little nods to all of the video game stuff, all of the punk rock music. Like, this movie, it's, it's cool. 
right? And that's the really, like, horrible, disappointing thing about having gone back to it now and seeing just how fucking toxic it is, uh, is that it's badass. The fights are fucking cool, you know, they're, it, it's cool. It looks awesome, and I like it, and I hate that I like it, because I kind of hate this movie. Yeah, the thing about it is just, like you said, the the music, I mean, and the music in particular I want to talk about, both the soundtrack and the the in-universe music. Scott's in a band called the Sex Bombs, which is a very good uh, nerd joke. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, Scott's ex-girlfriend is also in a band. We see both of these bands play shows, and like the in-universe like songs that they wrote for them are fucking bangers. Every single one of them is fucking rad, and you would totally like... It sounds like like a really old like Arcade Fire album or something, and it's just like, w- but like with like a little more of a punk edge. It's just good shit. Like that fucking take a ride on my garbage truck. It's great. That song is so catchy and yeah. good. And, oh my god, Crash and the Boys also. They, yeah, they're another band in the Battle of the Bands that has multiple fifteen second punk songs. Anyway. Yeah, so it and, and looks it, and right? sounds awesome. <laughs> it, it's 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 it, it, as a visual showpiece, it's fantastic. Everything, everything else, all every other aspect of this movie, I found absolutely fucking infuriating. Starting with like literally the opening scene of this movie, I was like, "Oh, this is actually disgusting. Like, this is actually like fucked up." Because the, the if you haven't seen it, literally the fir- the opening narration of this movie <laughs> says Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. And then it opens on this scene where all of, you know, it's Scott Pilgrim and all of his friends who are in his band who are being told about the fact that he's dating a high schooler. And they're all just like, damn, dude, that's sick. Oh, you're dating a high schooler? Weird, but like, cool. You know, like, oh, wicked. Oh, she's Chinese? Hot, dude. Yeah. Oh, how far have you gone with her? (laughs) Yeah, like, so he's dating a 17-year-old, right? And like... And, like, it is it is portrayed in the film as, like, a bad thing, but it's not portrayed as, like, an irredeemably bad thing. You know, like, because he's, like, 22, right? And I'm, like, I'm like 23, you know? I'm, I'm in the age range of the characters of this movie. And mm-hmm. if I found out one of my fucking boys was dating a 17-year-old girl, that boy would be out of our fucking friend group. He would not be in our band anymore. We wouldn't be asking him about, you know, if, how much he has, whether or not he has fucked this high school girl. He would be out of my fucking apartment, and he would not be talking to any of my friends ever again. And the fact that this is how the movie starts, and we're supposed to like Scott Pilgrim as a character from this point forward, is frankly insulting. Yeah, like, to, to be clear, like, and not that this gives me any more credibility than anyone because we would everyone most people listening would probably do the same like i broke up with my best friend essentially because he was in his 20s and he dated slash slept with a couple of teenagers and i ended the my best friend and i's relationship over this like this is unforgivable and it's literally once upon a time 
Scott was dating a high schooler. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah, like... Fuck it, you, fuck off. Yeah, it's, it's it, again, like, it's kind of shown, like, it's not like the movie is like, he's dating a high schooler and it's chill, but it's like, he's dating a high schooler and, like, he probably shouldn't do that, but, like, you know, he's he's the homie, though, so it's, like, and, fine. Yeah, he gets homie carded, and, and <laughs> you know... He gets majorly homey carded. And what's the what's the thing that makes him and the high schooler break up? Is it shit? Yeah, I shouldn't date a high schooler. It's no. It's the people around him saying you shouldn't date her and Ramona at the same time. You're cheating on each other. You have to choose one. It's not. They don't. He doesn't break up with the high schooler because she's a fucking high schooler. He breaks up with her because he wants to move on to someone. Yeah, else. Yeah, because he wants to like have another girl to be his emotional wastebasket, basically. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's God. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive a little bit deeper into the the relationship stuff, uh, but uh, real quick before we really get into that, we really do need to just address uh, how poorly this movie handles its LGBT characters. Because my God, yes, it's, oh my it God, it is painful, man. I, like like two thousand yeah. like two thousand ten, fucking sure, dude. But like it, the the this stuff was shitty when this movie came out and in the past nine years has aged in the exact opposite of fine wine <laughs> and it's yeah oh i went man. for it the... and i failed just keep running it <laughs> i didn't have i was like i got something nope i don't Fuck. have anything <laughs> the, the fucking the thing about this movie and lgbt shit is like they didn't they didn't have to go there, but they chose to make multiple, like, main-ish characters, like, queer. And they chose to go there and handle it really fucking, like, shittily. And just every gay character is just a fucking trope. The, um, his roommate is a gay man who is, like, like extremely slutty constantly talking about like like fucking that's the only thing that he really talks about he steals uh straight female friends as straight boyfriends from them because haha he's he's gay you should be afraid of him stealing your boyfriend he has like a different man in his bed every night and like to be clear like if this wasn't abundantly clear there's nothing wrong with being a slut yeah but, that's but not what I'm, that's both, not what i'm saying mark and i are you both know, proud sluts like we'll yeah, absolutely. on the record that like he's he's if it was handled in not a joking way the fact that his like roommate is a gay polyamorous slut would be great yeah but that's a punchline in this movie 100 percent. like and i and, and the, yeah. the worst part about it is that i think this movie thinks it's really woke for having a gay character in it oh totally like, it has that it has that smug 2010 air of oh we have multiple gay characters your show doesn't have that yeah it, it really it totally does it really the all of the queer characters of which they're like you know two or three, depending on your interpretation of the events, which we'll get to. Right. Because um, there's there's the roommate Wallace, and then there's one of the evil exes is, surprise, it's a girl, and that's crazy. Um, but, you know, like, the... Especially the stuff with Wallace, it just... it He just feels like such a heterosexual interpretation of what a gay person is like. Um, mm -hmm. and like there, there are occasional moments where it almost feels like they kind of 
are hitting a satirical angle with it. There's there's a line yeah. in this movie I really really like that I think is hilarious. I know what you're gonna say. Where, where I know the, what yeah, you're gonna say. They're like waiting for <laughs> knives outside the high school, and then she comes out and like, you know, Scott is like. Oh, this is by this is by cool gay roommate Wallace. He's gay, you know, like really trying to like play up the fact that like you know he has a gay roommate and it's cool because he's gay. And he, you know, Scott is a piece of shit, so he treats you know queer people as an accessory to his like aesthetic, basically. Um, oh yeah, and like that kind of hits. But like this movie is also Scott Pilgrim being like, "This is my cool gay friend. Look at our cool gay character and how cool and gay he is." <laughs> You yeah, you, you don't get to. It tries to have its cake and eat it too with the the gay stuff. Yeah. Um. That's that's actually not the one I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna mention when Wallace says, um, uh, "I didn't make up the gay rules. If you got a problem with it, take it up with Liberace's ghost." <sighs> no. Which, which made me laugh. No, because that and, part is but terrible. In the con- right. In the context of the scene, it's terrible. Yeah. Right. We should set that part up actually, because this is one of the things that like really seals how like this movie is just. Like, the way that it thinks about gay people is just so the perspective of, like, a straight person who, like, knew a friend who had a gay person once a little bit ago and thought that they were closer than they were because they were just excited that they knew a gay person. You know, it kind of has that kind of affect to it. Because, like, you know, there's the whole thing where Wallace steals Scott's sister's boyfriend, you know, just because he just can. And, like, you know... The morning after, that guy walks out of the bathroom, and, like, Wallace is telling Scott, like, hey, man, like, you need to stop uh, dating two girls at once. That's not cool. Cheating is bad. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, that's a double standard. You know, like, Scott is like, oh, it's a double standard because you slept with him and he's in a relationship and all of this shit. And, yeah, Wallace is like, oh, it's the gay rules. I don't make it up. Like, that's just how it is, and it's fine. Um, and it's like, no, fuck you, dog. Like, you straight screenwriter? No, I'm sorry. You don't get to say that the gay rules are that we cheat on each other. Like, fuck you. That you don't mm-hmm. fucking know us. Like, and you don't get to just make those kinds of jokes because that's your view of what homosexuals are like. Like, fuck that shit, dude. Fuck this movie. There are tiny little, like, moments in this movie where, like, you think to yourself, like, oh, man, that's, like, really fucked up. And also, like, if it were so, if it were, like, slightly different, it'd be, like, really good and funny. Yeah. Like, if they, uh, the type of thing of, like, if there was, like, you know, a gay person in the room when this was being written, like, this could have been funny or good. Stuff, stuff like that. Like, oh, man, the, uh, the, yeah, we we should uh, mention, like, go a little bit deeper into the the one ex-girlfriend. Yeah, no, definitely. the the um i mean everyone if you've seen it you probably remember when ramona says i was just a little bi curious and then she says yeah well i'm a little bi furious and she like kicks her in the face and it's like like yeah that was hilarious at the time but like and like i expected to go into it thinking it was like funny because i i expect my read of the scene looking back without having seen it in six years was oh man i bet that girl is like justifiably angry at uh being like belittled for her sexuality that's cool um but then seeing it was like painful like getting shot in the chest a bunch of times hearing ramona say like all in a row rapid fire i didn't think she would count I, it was just a phase yeah it's i was not just a, a little deal. bi-curious yeah it's like painful like it hurt me <laughs> yeah it, and it's uh, and yeah and the only the only female uh evil ex is defeated by making her orgasm to death uh, mm-hmm. because she, her weak point is the back of her knee, and then Scott touches it, and she orgasms and explodes. 
Um, and that's and that's the only like established uh, woman who like identifies as queer uh, in this movie, and that's how she goes out. Uh, there's also a part where uh, Ramona kicks the bad guy in the balls and says, "Let's both be girls." Uh, you know, just you know, just like casual homophobia and queerphobia and transphobia, just kind of, just kind of all over this movie. Uh, in in a very 2010 way, but it also in a my daily life kind of way. Like I, I'm really not here for fucking like trying to act like this shit was cool then, or trying to act like this shit wouldn't be equally cool now. You know, people, mm -hmm. people still think exactly like this movie. And I know this because boy, there are a lot of men who identify with Scott Pilgrim, the worst fucking character in the world. Um, this movie was straight up painful to sit through because of the protagonist is just a completely unredeemable piece of shit. Um, he, <sighs> Scott Pilgrim he... is incredibly <laughs> emotionally abusive and incredibly manipulative. He, yeah. he is the type of dude who is constantly fucking up, but is the, it's the self deprecation thing, right? He doesn't ever actually own up to any of his mistakes he never actually like learns anything like you know so okay one of the 12 billion b plots that goes nowhere in this movie uh because oh yeah by the way so like uh, this is adapted from the comic and i have read the comic but it's been a really long time since i've read the comic so i'm not going to compare the two um and we're just going to focus on the story as the it is told in this and the way that it is told in this is that like all of the fucking lore, all of the subspace shit from the comics, all of the fucking, like, none of the supernatural stuff is explained in any way in this movie. Uh, it all just kind of gets tossed out. All Most of the character relationships just kind of get tossed out. One of them being between uh, Scott and Kim, the drummer, who is the only redeemable character in this movie because she's the only one who, in the very first scene, is like, oh, you're dating a high schooler? You're a piece of shit, dude. Fuck off and get out of here. Um, and they, you know, he and her used to date in fucking high school and like, she's obviously like super burned by him, but like, doesn't want to say anything. And like during the climax of this movie, his entire apology to her is he says, I'm sorry about everything. I'm sorry about me. And that is exactly the way this type of manipulative dude gets away with shit. Uh, mm -hmm. is by constantly, he just, he, he's always talking about how much he sucks and he's always putting himself down, but he's never actually owning anything that he did. Like he doesn't go in there and be like, Hey, I treated you like shit in X, Y, Z ways. And that wasn't fucking cool. Here are the steps that I'm taking to make myself better. And I'm sorry. Like, it's not that ever, you know, it's just, Oh my God, I'm so terrible. I'm so sorry that I hurt you must hate me. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, it's begging for sympathy. It's not uh, asking for forgiveness. Yeah, I, he's so fucking insufferable. Like, it's just... And, like, it, it just, like, generally, like... The, the fact that, like, Ramona continues, like, dating this fucking guy. And, like, we really need to get into the fucking... <sighs> Man. He, you know... They go on, like, a quote-unquote date where he is just, like, weird and insufferable constantly trying to like change who he is to appeal to what he thinks will make her like him she obviously doesn't like like he obviously doesn't actually give a shit about her he is just you know like contorting himself in ways to try to get her to like him and and she still hooks up with him and starts dating him and we're supposed to, i i feel like we're supposed to feel good about it you know um 
And I, I, I want to talk about Ramona as a character. Um, yeah, the 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 premise that she would like or enjoy Scott is so paper thin as to be just I, non-existent. I, I, I mean, it makes no sense. I think it does though. Is the thing, and that's why I think this movie is horrible. Is the thing like, you know, she is like a lot of people that I have known in my life, like a lot of women that I have known in my life who are the type of people who are very susceptible to abusers um, because she is constantly blaming herself. Uh, She is constantly making excuses for the guys that mistreat her. Um, And... I've known a lot of fucking people like that, and it hurt to see that on screen in this movie and have it... Like, like I think that this movie portrays the exact type of person who tends to end up being a victim um, in a way that's really tragic, but I don't think it actually contends with any of that because, you know, she... You know, Ramona is uh, the, the last evil ex-boyfriend, Gideon. He's a scary asshole with glasses, you know. Uh, and she's, like, basically in an abusive relationship with him. Um, and then at the climax of the movie, it's like, you know, she ends up going with Scott, and we're supposed to feel good about it, but Scott has done absolutely nothing to earn any trust from her. He doesn't give a shit about her. He just cares about, like, the idea of her. He doesn't fucking know her. Um... And we're just supposed to feel good about her leaving one shitty, um, manipulative, abusive dude for a different type of shitty, manipulative, abusive dude. Um, and I just think yeah. it's fucking sad. It this movie stumbles itself because it's not in it's it's does it's not meant to be read this way, but it stumbles into like really deep like honesty uh, in the way that these characters are portrayed and the way that like she you know she she'll like lightly call him out on like something mean that he said and then he'll be like oh you're right i'm sorry i'm not usually like this and she's like oh that's fine i'm a bitch too sometimes yeah really and it really is that man yeah that that's really frustrating yeah you you said right when she keeps making excuses for all the like abusive people that have been in her life and she and when she says like when she says, uh, you know, I can't control myself around him, around Gideon, it sounds the same as when she says, I just want something simple with you. It, you you're nice. It's, it's, it's different. She's saying different things, but she's saying the same thing of, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to be alone, so I will be with this person. Yeah. And this person is bad for me, and I'm going to keep going back because i don't have the emotional like tools or the emotional like intelligence because i've just been battered yeah uh, emotionally i don't have the ability to leave yeah and like i don't want to say emotional intelligence you know it's more just like it it it, yeah it's like if, if it if this movie ended with like yeah actually scott pilgrim's a piece of shit like hell yeah 
I would be mm-hmm. very down with this movie because yeah, I'm I think here for that. yeah, I would be super here for that because like I feel like I feel like it almost is leading up to that. It feels like it's almost going to be like, "Hey, you idiot dumbass fucking 15-year-old boy watching this movie and identifying with Scott Pilgrim cuz he's sad and awkward and sucks at talking to girls." Um actually like you cannot treat women like this and you will like you will not be rewarded for this behavior and he is rewarded mm-hmm. for the behavior for the most like you know the whole last sequence where he like where it's like you know oh he learned the power of self-respect because he like gave a token shitty apology to a couple women that he like severely traumatized by being an asshole um, yeah like it, it tries to do the thing that you're saying it it, it thinks it thinks that it does a bang up job yeah, of it but it, but he's not <laughs> redeemable he just isn't no he just isn't. God, we haven't even talked about the fucking brain-controlled chip thing. So yeah, what the fuck was that all about? God, okay, like this is one of those things where, like, in the comic, they expand on this more. I haven't read the comic since developing, uh, you know, a coherent, a critical eye. you know, a coherent feminist ideology. You know, like I have. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, that thing that we have. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best, man. Fuck. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's a whole thing where Ramona just straight, like after the first time Scott loses the final boss fight before he has to go do the final boss fight again, uh, you know, they're like, you know, talking to each other in purgatory or whatever. And she's like, you know, I just can't control myself around Gideon. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, I mean, I literally can't control myself. And then she like moves her hair out of the way. And there's like a computer chip there. Um, and that's the last time it's mentioned. Uh, and like, that changes the entire movie. Like, the fact that, like, there is a brain control chip that is making her be loyal to this abusive guy uh, is important, I would say, because it completely changes, like, all of the character motivations and reasons for everything happening in the movie. Uh, but because this movie doesn't really think of women as having agency, uh, it doesn't, it's not really even remarked on, and it's just moved, they just move on. <laughs> It's, yeah, the fact that disgusting. it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't change anything about how that movie would play out either way, it just says a lot about the, yeah, like you said, the, the attitude toward women's agency in this yeah, movie. God, and like God, the stuff with the I really cannot stress how much how disgusting the stuff with I feel like we haven't even said her name, Knives Chow. She, yeah, isn't that also mm-hmm. fucking terrible? That and that's you know the source material. So there you go. But yeah, they 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 named the Chinese high school student Knives Chow, um, and Scott is fucking racist towards her, like, in multiple instances. Like everybody kind of mm-hmm. is, but like there's a there's a, like the moment where he's trying to break up with her and she's asking him if he wants to come over to meet her parents, and he says like, "Are you even allowed to date outside your race?" And when when she like invites him over, she means like, "Oh, you mean like for Chinese food?" Like fuck this fucking asshole. Also the. Uh, I don't have the critical toolkit necessary to really break down how much this sucks, but I just want to mention the fact that the only Indian character in this movie has a Bollywood number. <sighs> yeah, oh and it's not, it's not like, th- th- right, there, there's a way to do, here's an Indian character and they have a Bollywood dance. There's a way to do that, I think, probably, although, like you, I don't have the critical eye. <laughs> there's a way to do this and have it not be shitty right probably i couldn't but, tell you <laughs> but man i don't I, I don't think not from a white director probably not 
right? Probably not. Because if we're director. sitting here as two white people being like, I don't think that you can do this and have it be chill, then certainly fucking a group of other white people can't put that together either. Yeah, the fact that we can't come to a decision, that means, <laughs> that me, means, means no. that us, us in the writer's room would probably be like, you know what, maybe not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, <laughs> God, yeah, man. And just like, oh, man. The, 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 the fact that, like, Knives is, you know, the, she's like the crazy ex-girlfriend, right? She's treated, like, the first, for the first... 20 minutes of the movie she's like a sweet kid and then once she gets dumped she becomes this like violent psychopath that stalks him and like plots against him and all of this shit and it's just like it's just so obviously like them doing the like oh man fucking girls are crazy man bitches are wild and you gotta fight you better watch out you break up with the girl she might go nuts and attack you with two samurai swords and what are you gonna do then uh I, but it's a 17 year old girl so it's even worse so it's even worse what are we watching yeah. next week <laughs> fuck man we we fucking we fucking knocked that out yeah um yeah you should probably you should probably watch scott pilgrim but uh don't don't expect to love it what watch uh, it unless... and appreciate how goddamn good it looks and then think really hard about the type of person that you were when you were 14 and think about how the ways you maybe hurt people and, you know, the ways that maybe you were emotionally manipulative um, and the ways that you were, you know, like uh, abusive in your relationships and, and how, you know, hopefully yeah. you've, you've come to find, you know, you understand now that, you know, <sighs> hopefully you understand that, that those things aren't fucking okay. And you have, that was actually, a, re a really big takeaway from me in this movie was like I saw a lot of like myself at age seventeen, yeah. uh, in Scott because that the way he just says I'm sorry, I'm sorry for everything, I'm sorry about me, is that is the exact fucking way that I used to apologize, and it took people in my life, romantic, romantically and friendship wise, to say, hey, fuck you that's not a fucking apology uh, over and over again in order for me to change that. And the problem is not everyone's going to get that. And suddenly those people are 26 yeah, and they watched movies like this when they were 17 and that like shaped them. Yeah. That's why I think this movie is fucking toxic. Right. Is that yeah, like, I totally agree. Is that, is that, and why I think like the influence that it has had is ultimately really fucking bad. Is that like, you know, there are a lot of dudes who identify with fucking Scott Pilgrim and have for a really fucking long time. And, like, if you want to try to tell me that, like, oh, like, the movie knows that he's bad and, like, you know, it, it's it's okay because, like, you know, the movie doesn't have to portray healthy relationships in order to, you know, be compelling. It's like, dude, yeah, okay, he still gets the girl and wins in the end. And yeah, Why does everything work out great for him? Yeah. It's you know what's fucked up too is they have the moment the 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 nega Scott moment where which mm -hmm. is okay it's a good joke right there's some good jokes in this movie there's plenty of good jokes there's a lot of jokes yeah. that don't fucking hold up at all but there's some good jokes and you know they, okay after the final boss fight you know 
uh, then it's like, oh, but Scott, you have to face yourself. And then Nega Scott comes out and he's, you know, got red eyes and he's all gray and stuff. And then the joke is, is that like it just smash cuts to the girls outside and Scott and his evil, you know, alternate are just like shooting the shit and like talking about breakfast food. And like, that's pretty funny, <laughs> except for the fact that like, this movie has been leading up to the point where it feels like, hey, Scott, you're a shitty fucking person. Maybe you should, like, acknowledge that in some way and actually try to, like, grow and change. Maybe you should fucking face yourself, dog. And then that's, <laughs> a, are, and that's a joke to this movie. What are we watching next week? <laughs> we, we are watching Assassin's Creed 2016, a movie I have not seen based on a series of video games that I don't like. Mark thoughts. <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed Origins, the Egypt one from like 2016 or 17, is fucking capital G good. All right. That game's fucking good as shit. Um, every other Assassin's Creed game is bad, and the movie's probably really bad. Yeah, I've heard it's quite bad. Where do people find the podcast on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Just run it. Uh, I don't fucking. Yeah. We knock that shit out. Easy money. Next yeah, week's episode is going to be 10 minutes long. Let's go. <laughs> Y'all got Assassin's, stuff to do. Assassin's Creed is bad. I need ice cream. Bye. <laughs> dude, dude, uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should probably follow us at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter. Um, I accidentally deleted the Twitter app and haven't and have been too lazy to add that account back so probably all posts at some point this week like i didn't last week um join the discord fuck There's a yeah discord now i love the discord the discord has me very too good energy it's the late. discord it's yeah, it's so good i've been checking the discord like instead of checking Twitter and my mental health has been skyrocketing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there's a link to the, to join the discord on Twitter. You know, it's just, it's just a collection of a few girls and gays who like this podcast. And uh, we, it, the, the energy in the discord has been absolutely fantastic. We've all just been like supporting each other, you know, talking about things we're going through in our lives, you know, complaining about our parents and shit. It's been a, it's been a really good vibe. So yeah, people should, people should join the discord and hang out with us. It's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Come hang out with us on the Discord. Um, you can hang out with us on Twitter, but it's more depressing. But if you're into that shit, uh, follow us at Party Time Shuffle. Shuffle spelled S H F F L. That's Alex. That is. Uh, follow me. Follow me at Mark underscore Drizzle. Uh, that's me. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, wherever you're listening right now. Um, probably other podcast apps that those apps feed into i don't know um fucking rate us that'd be chill um join join the likes of uh person who gave us five stars and other person who gave us five stars uh i recommend the five star rating it's the best one and uh man yeah for me it was tuesday